Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS youth ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking about how an environment of warmth, challenge, and grace is key to healthy youth ministry. So we have seven practices of healthy youth ministry that through research and scripture and practical application in youth ministry, create an environment for young people to stay connected to the church and to Jesus Christ and his word. So one of the practices that we have in those seven practices is called warmth, challenge, and grace, which for us is probably the hardest one to nail down of all of these. Hardest for us to develop, in part because we looked at our research um, and we looked at lots of other people's research, and there seemed to be this key piece that was cultural and environmental, but that was described using a lot of different words, uh, both in the positive and in the negative, uh, was the vocabulary around this was, uh, we'll call it nebulous. Indeed. <laughs> so I think we, Mark, how many words did we kind of play around with over the course of time? Well, we heard a lot of authentic and real, um, caring, open. I don't know there are a lot of things that Close. were said. In there. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then like the opposite word. So you know, welcoming. We need, right. Yeah. Uh, so we had uh, we kind of finally circled into these three words: warmth, challenge, and grace, uh, as way to describe sort of the cultural and environmental factors that go into uh, healthy youth ministry. And very specifically in the research, when we were talking about questions, where uh, we saw maybe young people react to positively or negatively were in terms of that they were looking for churches that what they might would call had a close community so that they knew where they belonged. Uh, they were welcoming people to invite them in or to um, give them a place at the table, if you will. Uh, one thing that came out was definitely a lack of gossip. Um, and so that there was um, straightforward conversations, I would say, um, in true love and in truth. Um, and so they did not see that lack or they did not see gossip kind of eaten at the community that was there. Um, and also an interesting thing, too, that they uh, communities had handled conflict well. So um, whether that was, again, maybe a change to the system of the congregation, that there may have brought some conflict, or maybe there were some changes going on with maybe leadership or just dealing with sin in our world, um, is that they saw how the congregation would rally around each other, support one another, and point each other to Christ. Um, so they handled that well. Another thing, too, that I think was important that we saw was that uh, people resonated with how the church would talk about what we might say, quote-unquote, our neighbors or others, those outside the church. Um, and how did that language and treatment reflect Christ's love for the world? As so many of our young people uh, were coming to the church for uh, guidance and teaching um, and direction on how to love our neighbor in sometimes a very confusing world. And so that the church wasn't just a, a country club or a place that secluded from the world, but rather a place where young people would come to be restored and forgiven um, and grow in their understanding how the love of Christ is then lived out in their vocations and daily life. And we so really saw it in the data side, in the like, we asked some questions about the characteristics of churches and we could see it there. But more often we saw it in the 
uh, open-ended questions that we gave in our survey. So we asked people about uh, why they left the church, if they would consider coming back to the church, and what was a pivotal faith moment for them. And uh, often those stories, especially of those who had left, included these ideas of uh, the church is a closed community, the church is unwelcoming, the church is hypocritical. The church particularly, um, both leaders and peers, were not open to the questions or challenge or um, were not welcoming of, of doubts and concerns and uh, or the vocalization of those things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people ended up leaving the church for another church body or often uh, leaving the church entirely. And so we could see in their stories this idea of if we have warmth, challenge, and grace within a congregation, how that retains. But also when we don't have these things, this is what it can look like and feel like to young people in our, our congregations. Yeah, and so uh, you know, obviously we got that in the research. And then we were, you know, I think as researchers, doing the project we're kind of trying to think well how does that apply maybe in our lives where have we seen that i mean i could speak a lot to my home church i grew up in where i or at least i felt that warmth challenge and grace was exuded and, and uh, made me a part of that believe um i guess that the family of god that was there and the community of believers that was there but juliana maybe re- a couple of reflections you had uh certainly <laughs> with maybe more recently changing homes and coming to a new community and kind of some of your ins and outs as you started to engage with churches in in our area of St. Louis. Right. So um, I, uh, for the first time ever, because my mom's a church worker, Mm -hmm. then I went to school to be a church worker, and then I became a church worker, uh, had the first time to have this option to to find a worshiping body, you know, to find a new church. And so um, I at first was very excited about this possibility of getting to worship in all these different places and and try all these other churches and um very quickly i think within like week one or two i was like oh no this is awful (laughs) i don't like this at all in part because um community and was such a huge piece of of my experience in church and to not have that suddenly Mm -hmm. was very Mm -hmm. uh striking um but there were definitely times where I walked into congregations and was greeted incredibly warmly, either by a pastor or by a lay leader who um, asked my name, asked about me, uh, had one experience where um, they clearly could see that I was by myself. And so, uh, hey, can you come sit with our family? We want to make sure that you have that you um, know where everything is from the bathrooms to the, to the bulletins to um, kind of how we run communion, all of those things that help um, welcome a new person. And then there were definitely congregations where you walked in and you went, oh, this is a very closed system Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I am not, uh, I'm not welcome. They're not concerned about me being here. Um, They, they aren't particularly, uh, I don't know who I would ask that question to, Mm -hmm. uh, how I would get what I needed. And so uh, it was maybe for me the first time where I realized how difficult it can be to find a congregation um, and how much an impact that warmth um, and that welcome and that grace had uh, was to an environment in a church. Yeah, and I want to preface this, but many of you don't know Juliana, but 
Are you an extrovert or nope. an introvert? I'm such an introvert. <laughs> such so, an introvert. So even for Juliana to say how much those things meant to her and right. did not push her back out the door <laughs> is vitally important for you to understand. I need to talk to a lot of people. <laughs> I've seen it. Right, right. Talk to some person. And, w- you, and you had to go home and take a nap after church. <laughs> yes, I did. No. <laughs> uh, no, but I think that's what was funny is that's also true for uh, the young people we did in our focus uh-huh. groups. Uh, when we talked about uh, what would you expect from a, a welcoming congregation, their their expectations were not incredibly high. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really had some very basic things that they wanted um, to pull out of of a of a congregation in terms of their warmth and their welcome when they visited a new congregation. Uh, so it's not impossible to achieve, uh, but it I think it does not happen unless you are deliberate about it. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the yeah. pieces we'll see for all of warmth, challenge, and graces. It's maybe not hard but it does take deliberate action to facilitate that right and and another side of that certainly too is to get into individual relationships um we uh deaconess heidi gaiman did uh, some work for us for this uh, for this national youth gathering and some writing and stuff too along the way and one of the images that i liked that she used was kind of like slush she talks about this trip that she went up in spring to Canada for a vacation way too early probably to go to Canada but she and her family did it because they they knew it was a good weekend to go I think just from a lot see the city in a different way and and she just talked about how you know it was still slushy um, and yet that's so much of where these relationships can happen and the church can be this the solid foundation for people going through some maybe transitions in life you know figuring a lot of things out and so there's that care too so we think about you know the worshiping body, the coming together as a church, finding that congregation that, you know, we know the purpose of worship, which is to receive grace, receive Christ's gifts for us. Um, but then yet wrap it around that so much as that environment of warmth, challenge, and grace um, that oftentimes is outside even of the worship experience. So it's an invitation in, it's it's being able to know the logistics of the church, it's being able to be invited into other parts of the family of God too and living that out. Um, and as God's people live out really with joy and for that love for others is where we saw that warmth, challenge, and grace uh, be such an attracting pe- thing for both high school students, but then also for young adults too as they made that transition into adulthood. Yeah. So we landed on these words of, of warmth, of challenge, and of grace, uh, and and we're going to kind of give you just really short snippets of, of what we're talking about when we're talking about those words, uh, and then we're going to kind of break down what are the practical pieces that that uh, incorporates, so what are the pieces of this that we would include in terms of warmth, challenge, and grace. So warmth certainly is happening when all baptized members are reminded that they are a vital part of the body of Christ. So when everyone within the congregation and people in the community who are engaging with that congregation uh, know that they are created by God, they are loved by God, um, and that those baptized members are constantly reminded that they are a vital part of of God's work um, in that place. A challenge really has two parts. Uh, One uh, is that when young people need to be shown the law and God's word, um, and so maybe challenge we, we would hear from, I mean, we all know that from our own lives, but then we also saw it in the research too, where uh, young people would say like, I, I understood how much that person loved me because they were willing to speak God's truth and they were willing to call me to repentance for behavior, for attitude, whatever it may have been. Um, and man, how the Holy Spirit worked through that process to teach me about my sin and the beauty of forgiveness and in relationship too, quite often. So there was that. Uh, but then also there's certainly the side of being challenged to live out their faith in everyday life. So there's a lot of application side stuff too to challenge young people to understand, okay, so you've received Christ's gifts, you've heard his teaching, 
um, how does that now play out in your day-to-day life? And so to be challenged, to be thinking things through, to be uh, understanding the life, to be living out in vocation was another part of challenge. And then grace is really this uh, echoing of God's love and forgiveness to us, uh, to other people. So, you know, as people loved by God, as people forgiven by God through uh, Jesus' death on the cross, how are we reflecting that into other people? How are we um, forgiving people? How are we encouraging people? How are we offering uh, that the love and forgiveness that God's given us um, in all of our relationships? One of the things that came out that was kind of interesting in the research um, when we thought about those words were um, the importance of the spoken word. And certainly we we think of um, preaching being such a vital part of who we are as Lutherans. And man, we heard specific stories about a pastor's sermon who taught them these things or opened their eyes to, um, again, a, a greater understanding of warmth, challenge, and grace in their life or who they were as baptized Christians. Um, and, and a pastor maybe who took time um, after a message to go deeper with them and to study God's word. Just some wonderful sto- uh, stories there of how that made an impact on the life of a young person. But it was even more than that, too, of that just how the community discussed uh, important matters, sometimes mundane, too, sometimes simple, uh, but also to tell stories of how God had brought them through maybe some really difficult times as well, um, and also the joy that God brings us. So what we saw were that congregations uh, that would share personal stories of failure, grace, and joy came through in the research in terms of an impact on young people for them to say, like, okay, others around me, people who care about me, got through some difficult situation by God's grace. I can, too. Um, and and to learn how the church as a community rallied around people sometimes in those difficult times as well. Yeah, those stories are really how we find that connection mm-hmm. in other people. Um, it's how we find uh, our our relation or we build our relationships with other people. How we know uh, we find those similarities mm-hmm. greatly mm-hmm. in those stories. Um, how we are known and how we know other people uh, through through the telling of stories. We do this every day with people all around us. How was your weekend? It's uh, what are you up to tonight? It's it's those telling those stories, but then asking good questions of one another so that we can dig a little deeper into that. But those stories uh, really, when they are pointing back to Christ and that reflection of him and the experience that he has uh, given us in our baptism and and throughout our lives, uh, when we tell those stories to one another, when we have young people who tell those stories to us, when we tell those stories to young people, uh, when we are open about that, there is this vulnerability and this being known that that God really works through in powerful ways. So, uh, but Often I feel like those stories are maybe a little underrated in churches. Do you think those are hard to tell? Yeah, I think I kind of think of maybe another term that we heard a lot was um, when someone was willing to be vulnerable maybe mm-hmm. was a term too we heard too, that that was op- eye-opening in terms of to be relatable um, in terms of maybe – and it maybe wasn't even vulnerable – Maybe it wasn't a, a youth talking to an adult. It wasn't the adult talking about their current time, but be able to reflect back on their years in high school and be able to say like, oh, that was that was difficult. I get it. And it's maybe even more difficult for you in the context in which we live. But I think that's where sometimes it's hard for us as Christians, as people to be vulnerable in the sense of like we want to we want to look like we have it all together yeah um and so especially i think telling that story of failure can be very very difficult um and so i think that's sometimes why those stories can be hard now again we're not sitting here saying that we should be walking around and um you know that every pastor sermon should be about his personal 
failures and that kind of stuff. Not not saying it that way, but yet still a relatable side. And I think for the body of Christ to come together when you start seeing connection points, like you said, you talked about the relations and the communities that get built, um, is to be able to say like, okay, uh, we're here, we love you, and let's tell you how we've gotten from point A to point B by God's grace and how it worked in our life and continue doing what you're doing. Come and get fed and we go out and live in vocation. Yeah. And for those young people, when they tell their stories, when mm-hmm. they are open oh, yeah. and vulnerable, um, when I, you know, we heard a lot of stories where like I opened up um, to a leader and either that was responded to very positively and well, was brought with um, with love and listening um, or when it wasn't. And that active vulnerability can be really risky for young people, mm-hmm. especially as they struggle through things. So being really respectful and understanding um, as they tell those stories. I think there's a little bit, too. There's always that um, sometimes we, we, we don't want to be boastful either in the positive way. And so it's how do you tell these stories in a way that points us to Jesus and what he's done? And so how do we, uh, with humility, talk about those things, too, to get that language to help uh, point each other to Christ, uh, all that he's done for us. And so I think, too, to make sure that we're, we're speaking those things well about, one, yeah, this is how God worked through me, um, steps that I took maybe to accomplish some things um, in a Christ-like way, uh, but also to always be making sure we're giving God credit in all things. Yeah. And then we also saw that congregations uh, should foster an open and honest environment where youth share joy, questions, crisis, and doubt, knowing God's word will be spoken in love. And there is a lot to unpack in this. (laughs) Um, And I think the the place to start is maybe towards the end where uh, we are really um, opening up this environment, standing kind of rooted in God's word, that we know that um, as we face doubts and questions, as we face joy and crisis, that we're doing it rooted strongly in God's word. And that we're going to speak that um, not by whacking people with it, (laughs) but speaking that in love. uh, So that when that young person does come to us and is vulnerable and tells a struggle, uh, that that we are speaking to them from God's word, but we're also doing it in a way that loves and cares for them. I think of one, and, and there's, there's places for this, certainly, but I think of one specifically, this is totally anecdotally, but that where someone used the terms, I think that a uh, pastor used the word of God to comfort me rather than just teach at me. Um, and there's certainly times to be taught at too, don't get me wrong. Uh, but yet to see that sometimes that dichotomy may be in that to where uh, God's word brought comfort because there was enough of a relationship there for the message to meet that person where they're at for, for uh, Christ were to do that. So some great things there. And and I think too, you know, we think about that transition from confirmation into high school and they're coming off a of confirmation where probably is maybe the most intense teaching time that we might have in the life of a young person, especially, but maybe even over their entire lifespan in the church. Um, and then boom, we go into high school where there's all of a sudden all these new opportunities to apply what was taught and new questions maybe that come up, um, uh, sometimes doubts, Uh, but certainly questions. And so when there's that opportunity again for fostering that environment where uh, good conversations can take place is really some beautiful things can happen and new opportunities to teach God's word. Yeah, and that requires good listening. Mm -hmm. Um, It requires not deflecting those difficult Mm -hmm. topics um, because often maybe our instinct is when those hard things come up uh, to kind of uh, deflect them either with an easy answer or to um, just sort of sidestep them. Uh, but rather, uh, this uh, warm challenge and grace means kind of stepping into that. Uh, Heidi's using Heidi's example of the slush, you know, stepping into the slush mm-hmm. with them, even if that's a little uncomfortable for mm-hmm. us. Uh, speaking specifically, that how, how do you prepare parents and youth ministry practitioners and church workers and teens 
to be comfortable dealing with hard questions. Yeah, that's uh, it's so it sounds um, much more complicated than I think it mm-hmm. re- it really. Sometimes we overthink it. Um, or we underthink it, but we don't really just uh, take the flow and take the lead from our young people. So I think one of those first things is teaching them to um, keep tracking with their young person and figure out where that young person is at and then continue to keep those conversations open. So often parents are worried, like, um, I don't want to come into this conversation with them too late or too early. Um, how do I know what's appropriate for them and when? And I think a lot of that is just good listening right? Listen to what questions they're asking and answer those questions um, and then tell them to come back when they've got the next question and we're going to have that next question. And that's helpful to then mark for them specifically for your child or for any youth. um, Where are they in that particular conversation? And then I think part of that is to help equip them with the places that they can go to get answers, right? So helping them to know how to look in scripture and navigate scripture, how to look um, at our theology, where to go online, who are good resources, mm-hmm. uh, so that they know, okay, when I have this question, there are reliable places for me to go to get answers for that and to teach parents. I mean, sometimes parents need to hear right. <laughs> where's the reliable places to get mm-hmm. um, to get answers for that and um, how can I, uh, how can we do that together? So when my kid has a question, when I'm dealing with a crisis, how do I um, move them towards the kinds of resources that are going to be helpful and point them back to Jesus. Yeah, I know we've said it elsewhere. Sometimes I don't know is an okay answer, but may follow it up with, but we'll find out. We'll find out together. Find or, out I'll, together or I'll point yeah. you to the right place uh, to get those answers uh, to the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are there other ways that you can think of that we could prepare them? Well, I, I think somewhat it's, I think just more and more it, it is just that being comfortable with what, uh, in so many of our contexts in society is going to bring up questions like, let's just be prepared for it. I mean, we talk about this in many ways. So you see in other research too, or just the, the walking through the life that are at a younger age, our young people are dealing with difficult topics that I certainly did not have to at the same age they were. And yet at the same time, there's other structures around them in life that have been broken down to not prepare them to answer those questions or to be dealing with that. So let's not pretend it's not happening um, through having contact right through your phone and through devices and that type of stuff to say, like, let's be honest about what's going on and let's make sure that we are building uh, things up in our young people to be able to answer well and rest well in Christ and all the things that's happening around them. And those uh, questions are easier as they're younger. And so uh, I think when we are answering easy questions in a way that we would want to answer those hard questions when we take them seriously, when we dig in with them, when we um, don't laugh and don't mock, but yeah. we, we take them really seriously, then young people know, okay, when I have a question, when I, t- when I have a crisis, I know I can do that. And I think a little bit on that, like one of the fascinating things that came out of, so we did some resourcing out of the youth gathering from some of our writers and we had posted as like a youth ministry curriculum. And I, this was you know, on Facebook, so it's anecdotal, but like one person responded and said, oh no, we're doing this like for our all congregation study because our adults are asking the same question mm-hmm. because maybe it's a new thing in our world or they are not, they're trying to teach it to their kids maybe or their teachers trying to teach it to their students, whatever it is, to where like, nope, you hit on a point here that yeah, our youth are asking that question, but those that are decades older are asking the same question. So that's a time for the community to come together and learn together too. 
And so I think that goes into this next one of congregations are willing to engage in those tough spiritual conversations. Uh, so when we're talking about challenge there, uh, we're talking about, you know, we're going to take on the, the challenge of, of having those tough spiritual conversations, which sometimes means speaking some law mm-hmm. that can be really hard uh, to young people uh, that uh, in a way that builds up those relationships, but also that are willing to have the tough conversations about, okay, this is how we're going to live differently than the rest of the people around us. And this is how we're going to be Christians in our culture um, in a way that reflects Christ and it maybe doesn't reflect our culture. Yeah. And I think in that too, um, when we think about teaching is that this really didn't come out of probably too much in our research, but it's just a, a great way too. as you think about your confirmation curriculum, what you're doing post high school, or even into again, adult education as well. It's be thinking about different types of learners. Uh, that might mean there might be a topic that's better around conversation than lecture. Uh, there might be a time that's highly about information and that's where the lecture makes sense and with maybe some follow-up questions but maybe using some visuals and things for those who are visual learners having those tough spiritual conversations can be really difficult yes. uh, certainly i can think of a few times in my uh, youth ministry career where uh, a young person uh, stepped over a line or uh, was behaving in a way that uh, wasn't in line with god's word and it can be really easy to say oh well mm, uh, i'll put that off for another day. Uh, and the reality is uh, when we have this cha- warmth challenge and grace in our congregations, it means that we step into that in a healthy uh, and spiritual way that says, okay, God's calling me to be a significant adult in your life. And that means I need to call you on the carpet for some of these things and do it appropriately and do it mm-hmm. you know, separately with that young person. Uh, but there has to be consequences mm-hmm. to uh, to your actions and there have to be um, sometimes words of law spoke to that. And that is uh, not easy at all, but often, I, like you said, can really build some good relationships. And possibly hopefully that, that too, you're not the only one who's doing that. So you've got other people in the community who are reinforcing what you're doing. And so checking in with that young person, again, being that listening ear, uh, showing more of the challenge and grace and might be another voice of challenge, uh, but yet nonetheless that they know the community cares for them too, so that you're supported by parents and pastors or other church workers or other lay people who care for that young person and having that conversation as the Holy Spirit works through those relationships in God's word. Yeah. And congregations uh, often are... Yeah, and congregations should also create opportunities where failure is not avoided, but met with grace and forgiveness. Now, failure here is not, we're not talking about, uh, we're actively looking for sin. (laughs) We're looking for um, young people who are um, working and and, uh, trying to live out that sanctified life there, uh, baptized children who are are going out there, and uh, we want them to challenge themselves. They want to get out and to share God's word, and sometimes that's going to be met with some failure um, and and what does that look like and how do we respond to that appropriately yeah sure and certainly in that confession and absolution should be a regular uh, part of the regular vocabulary i guess if you will for youth leaders we have a wonderful pattern obviously in our worship services to confess our sins to hear the words of forgiveness for us and then we are able to echo that out into our world and so how in our youth ministry and our relationships do we do that same um, that again when there is a flat out uh, opportunity to confess sin that we're um uh, we are humbled to do that and repent of our sin and receive Christ's forgiveness. But like you said, too, in those things that were it's trying new things, things don't go maybe as planned or as we had hoped, that, again, grace can be shown to people and young people who are trying new things, use, using their gifts, um, exploring ways that God has called them into service. 
And I think one of the most uh, relationship building moments that often happens oh, is when I screw something up yep. and I uh, get called on them, on it by one of my young people and uh, they say, Julian, that's that that wasn't right. You didn't uh, you you did something wrong there. And and I say, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Uh, and for them to like their response is a little bit shocked, but they need to learn that that's OK. It's, it's language that we use and mm-hmm. um, it's grace that mm-hmm. we pour over all of our relationships uh and that is a really key piece um and and also that grace then continually points them back to their identity in christ we look at so many studies about generation z and how highly they rank uh their achievements their academic achievements their sports achievements their work goals their financial independence all of these pieces as part of their identity i mean they are really young people who are driven Mm -hmm. um, which is a great thing but also they are uh people who genuinely want to be the best at what they uh, what they're doing uh, and that can often lead them to uh, finding that failure is really hard to navigate, uh, that failure really hits their identity in a way that maybe it didn't for previous generations, mm-hmm. that when I have a C on the test or when I don't get the grade or when I didn't make the goal, uh, that can seem small to us as adults, but for this generation can really hit them right where it hurts the most. And I think in that too is to not belittle that or to mock that, but to understand um who they are maybe as potentially a generation or at least as individuals. So how do you talk about success and failure? Um, How do you talk about God's grace in our life that uh, changes everything for us as his people and how we go out and live that out vocationally and the uh, goals that he's given to us when it comes to maybe some of our work responsibilities or school or student or athlete, whatever it may be, um, that how do we understand that as God's people when there is failure involved or yeah, what does it mean for us to strive for the best, uh, to strive for excellence, especially maybe you have those individuals who's particularly those are their strengths and how do you um, uh, really help them navigate that in their world to understand the need for God's forgiveness in that and where we are from a spiritual standpoint um, that we are uh, beggars for God's grace uh, but at the same time, he's called us to do purposeful things in this world, too. And how do you help them reconcile that um, as they move forward to really a huge leap when they leave from high school into college and start thinking about careers, uh, that they understand how God is walking with them through those steps? Yeah, and for your youth group to be that place where uh, they are a baptized child of God and that no one is expecting anything yeah. from from them, right? There is no uh, level of achievement that you have to meet to, in order to be that baptized child of God. And so even if everywhere else in your world is telling you that you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to find success um, in one thing or another, uh, for their youth ministry to be the, a place uh, of comfort and a reminder that they um, are loved by God regardless of of anything that they do uh, and that they are forgiven. So a really important piece for them. Yeah, great stuff. So a little bit of maybe a closing challenge to you, speaking of challenge, would be think about how your youth ministry enfolds young people into the body of Christ. Consider how your youth ministry makes them feel in terms of being welcomed and having a connection spot, and how well are they reminded of their vital place in the body of Christ. Um, ask young people how they would describe your church and your youth ministry. To have them give descriptive words about um, how they see and understand the community around them. 
and to think about where are some of these, perhaps these outlets that you have for teens and adults to share personal stories of failure, grace, and joy. Uh, finding ways to build those stories into your ministry and your programming uh, and your opportunities to build those relationships can be a great way to start down this path of developing that warmth, challenge, and grace in your congregation. So we're looking forward to talking more about the environmental factors that we have in the seven practices, including service and leadership next. Uh, but we hope that this series is helpful for you in thinking through uh, the different seven practices of healthy youth ministry. End Goals Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Thank you.